0: Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed.
1: This ain't Monday Night Raw!
0: This is my friend! It's WrestleRant Radio. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for Thursday, February 13th, 2020. I am Graham G.S. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. We are a day out from Valentine's Day. It was actually a year ago right here on the show that had Alexis on to join me for WrestleRant Radio for that Valentine's Day episode. So if you haven't already, be sure to check that out. Um, She will not be here on today's show, but we do have one Mr. Marceau returning to help me talk about not only TakeOver Portland this coming Sunday, but also the launch of the XFL, the Daytona 500 actually coming up this Sunday as well on the same Sunday as TakeOver. A lot to talk about. The original plan actually was to have Mr. Marceau on for half the show And then for the other half of the show, I would review Raw, discuss NXT, Dynamite, anything else that was going on in the world of wrestling. And there is a lot to discuss. I do want to talk about um, a handful of things before we get to Mr. Marceau in our conversation with Portland Predictions, with the XFL and Daytona 500 talk. We ended up talking for almost an hour. So (laughs) that's going to dominate today's episode, which is completely fine because I will never miss up an opportunity to talk with Mr. Marceau about the black and gold brand. It's been a tradition here on the show for the past maybe two or three years that I've had Mr. Marceau on, even if it's not on this very show, we've at least done like a you know, like a bonus episode of WrestleRant Radio that's gone up on the website or the YouTube channel discussing the TakeOver predictions. We love NXT, and uh, we always love breaking it down. So I had to invite him back here on the show for the fourth consecutive month. You're getting your, you're getting a real treat, you're getting a real handful of Mr. Marceau this month between the Survivor Series predictions in November, the year in review, uh, you know, awards back in, uh, December, last month, the Royal Rumble predictions and World Collide predictions as well, and then today, the TakeOver Portland predictions too. You probably won't hear them again until the WrestleMania weekend predictions, and that's coming up right around the corner, so it won't be too much longer from now. Um, but yeah, among the things I want to discuss before we go into the you know Portland predictions and everything else from Mr. Marceau include the John Cena announced return for SmackDown in two weeks and his rumored WrestleMania opponent, how he's been given uh, reportedly creative leeway to pick who he wants to work with at Wrestlemania which is really cool I'll get into that um, I'll talk about some quick thoughts on, on Raw and Dynamite from last night as well um, NXT there really wasn't much to talk about just because it was a go home show it was a good show on the whole but I was glad that I watched Dynamite first last night we, I've waved, uh, Alexis and I have watched NXT first the head of Dynamite usually we'll watch one show and then the other one right after um, time permitting and, I mean, I, I will sometimes, if I'm by myself, I'll try to watch both shows, but it's incredibly difficult. And if you want to review the shows thoroughly, you really got to watch them in full um, with your attention solely on one show and not the other. So anyway, um, I thought NXT was a good show. It was a solid go-home show, really nothing worth writing home about, though. I think Portland is really what they're saving the good stuff for on Sunday, um, but NXT, or rather Dynamite, I thought was one of, if not the best episode of Dynamite yet. I've seen a lot of rave reviews from Dynamite for Dynamite from a ton of people online, and I can't say I disagree. I thought it was a really, really good show. Um, between the Jeff Cobb debut, yeah, Jeff Cobb is in AEW, not officially signed per se, but he will be making an appearance next week to face John Moxley. And then we also had an all-new um, AEW Women's Champion crowned, Uh, in Nyla Rose, which I'll be discussing soon enough as well. And some Raw thoughts, including um, Matt Hardy's apparent write-off from the show as his contract negotiations loom large and where he might end up next. And the article that I wrote on Matt Hardy that he actually responded to on Twitter, which is awesome, um, that—and I think there was one other thing from Raw that I wanted to discuss— Going back in my notes here for a second, I really can't remember what it was. But anyway, before we go any further with today's Wrestle Rant Radio, you guys can support the show um, by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, NextAirWrestling.net, Google Play, and everywhere else you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, review the show. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. Um, and I'm looking at my notes now before I go any further. It's the Shayna Baszler debut. How the hell could I forget about that? Shayna Baszler, the vampire, and Becky, the, the, the vampire slayer. Uh, as opposed to Buffy. It was a dumb punch She made it to herself a couple days ago. I'll have a ton to talk about. and have a ton to say about that momentarily. Um, but to get the plugs out of the way, check out the show, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday. And you can find me on the socials on Twitter at WrestleRant. Find me on Facebook as well, facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews. And also on YouTube at youtube.com backslash c backslash Graham GSM Matthews. So real quickly before we go any further with that other stuff, it was announced first thing Monday morning, WrestleMania going to Los Angeles for WrestleMania 37. The first time it's been in California in six years by that point. They were in California five years ago for WrestleMania 31. They'll be back for 37. The first time they've been in LA though for WrestleMania since WrestleMania 21. 15 years ago, which is one of my favorite WrestleManias, and I wasn't even a fan for it. I wasn't even watching wrestling at the time. Uh, Just going back and watching that show, I really enjoyed WrestleMania 21, so it's cool to see that they're going back to L.A., and uh, my status for it, I might be there for it. We will soon see, but I think the current plan is to be there for WrestleMania every other year. Um, I was there for the Orlando WrestleMania 33 show. I did not go to New Orleans the following year. Um, I was there for the WrestleMania 35 show with Alexis in New Orleans, not New Orleans, excuse me, New York rather. That was last year, we had a great time. Um, One of my favorite wrestling trips I've ever taken. This year they're in Tampa, I will not be there this year because I'm probably holding out for SummerSlam in Boston. Um, I'll probably be there, it's just a lot closer, it's a lot easier. Um, I think we're planning on myself, Alexis, Mr. Marceau, his girlfriend Molly. We should all be there for the TakeOver Boston show. In, uh, in August, as well as SummerSlam the next night, so not even that, WrestleMania is coming up next year, Mr. Marceau's wedding actually, which I do mention here on the show, when we discuss later, when we talk later uh, during our conversation, his wedding is two days before WrestleMania, so <laughs> uh, he's not going to WrestleMania, I may be there though, I would love to be there for that WrestleMania um, in the LA area, I'll actually be in California next month, I think I mentioned this last week, but Um, I'll be in Anaheim for a couple of days from a Friday to a Wednesday. So I'm not even sure if I'm going to miss any episodes of WrestleRant Radio. I'll probably just record on the Thursdays that I'm home, which is cool. Um, So I won't have to catch up with that. But yeah, WrestleMania is going to Los Angeles next year. Very exciting stuff. Hope to be there for it. Um, Not only that, but I also found out via Mr. Marceau uh, on, I think, Monday that Dynamite is coming back to Boston. Speaking of Boston, they're going to be back in Boston. They were there for the second ever episode of Dynamite in October. And I was wondering at the time, I've been wondering in recent days, even before the announcement was made, uh, when are they coming back here to the East Coast? Like, when are they coming back to Boston? Um, They've been announcing their return to, you know, Chicago, Philadelphia, blah, blah, blah. And they're coming back to Boston on April 15th. And it looks like... Um, I'm in, Alexis is in, Mr. Marceau is in, so it looks like we will be there for that April 15th episode of Dynamite. And honestly, after what I saw last night from AEW and the stuff they may be doing in the coming months between What Happens at Revolution, uh, Brian Cage may be coming in, Matt Hardy may be coming in, we may have... Uh, who's the other person? Obviously, Luke Harper, Brody Lee may be coming in soon enough. So if that's what the roster is going to be looking like and those are the people they're going to be bringing in in the coming months and even Jeff Cobb, depending on what his contract status is, hey, I'm all in, no pun intended, on AEW Dynamite being in Boston. I cannot wait to be there for that. Um, Impact is actually having a pay-per-view, if not that same week, Then, like, around that same time in April in New York City, which I'm also hoping to go to. I haven't been to an Impact show in five years, so I feel like I'm indebted to go there at some point. And I've also never been to an Impact pay-per-view before, surprisingly enough. I've only been to TV tapings in New York City. Um, So we're hoping to go to that also in April. And then I found out today that Ring of Honor is going to be in New York City in April, which I'll probably pass on. Um, Sounds like a cool show. They're doing a tournament to crown the first Ring of Honor Pure Champion in, like, 10, 15 years, which is cool. But yeah, I probably won't be there for that. Um but yeah, we're getting a lot of wrestling here on the East Coast over the next couple months between Dynamite coming this way, um, impact's gonna be New York City. I, I'm in a I'm in a very fortunate position to be able to go. I mean, unless I move at some point, but I think I'm I I love Connecticut first of all. That may be just me. And that's not a popular opinion, but I'm right in the middle of everything that's going around in this area, you know, going on in this area between New York, Boston, here in Connecticut. Everything is within two hours, two and a half hours driving. Even MetLife Stadium, where the XFL hosted their first game for the Guardians on Sunday, is two hours from where I live. So I'm even hoping to go to one of those games in April, too. So it might be a very busy month for me, Uh, which, you know, I complain about a lot. Like, oh, there's a lot going on. But somehow I thrive off of that type of stuff. Um, But anyway, yeah, so Impact's coming this way in April. Ring of Honor's coming this way in April. There's an XFL game coming this way in April. WWE is going to be here next month. I'm not going to either show. I will be away for the MSG show. or it's, it's taking place right after I get back from California, but that's not happening. So, um, yeah, they're going to MSG for a house show in mid-March. Then they're going back to Brooklyn for a Raw show right before WrestleMania in late March, which I'm not making it to that one. It's either that or it's in early March. I don't remember, but I'm not going to that either. I'll probably just... Hold out of my WWE shows until the uh, TakeOver SummerSlam stuff in Boston in August. But a lot to look forward to nonetheless, including John Cena's rumored WrestleMania opponent. It was announced on Tuesday's episode of Backstage that John Cena, for the first time since Raw reunion in July, will be on WWE sanctioned programming on the February 28th episode, so in a little over two weeks. Um, nothing else was said about what he has in store for the WWE Universe. Obviously, that's part of the excitement. What is he doing on SmackDown? His first appearance on the blue brand itself since, I want to say, January of last year. Um, remember that like quick run that Cena had? He came back for a cup of coffee in late 2018, early 2019. He wrestled only a few matches. He wrestled like a Fatal 4-Way on Raw, a six-man tag team match on Raw, And then an intergender tag team match on SmackDown with Becky against Andrade and Zelina. And I think he won, and Becky may have picked up the win for them or whatever. Um, And it was a cool moment to see Cena and Becky as the man in the same ring together and whatever. And we have not seen Cena on SmackDown since. Um, you know, he came back at WrestleMania to do the Doctor of Thugonomics thing. He came back at Raw Reunion because it was Raw Reunion, and, you know, you can't have a Raw Reunion without John Cena. But we have not seen him since, and that was over six months ago. Probably the longest hiatus Cena has ever had from WWE programming. And he's not even hurt, that's the thing, like, he's been gone before for a few months at a time, you know, three or four months with a neck injury... With this, with that, with surgeries, and he's always been back with under, you know, and, and as far as I can recall, in under six months. But he's been taking time off to film movies, film TV shows. Yeah, I know he's going to be in the Fast and Furious movie, Fast 9, coming out in a couple months. I don't know who the fuck could possibly care about that movie at this point, that franchise. I mean, I like the movies, but, like, a ninth movie? Are you kidding me? Anyway, though, um, he will be back in two weeks, and uh, the report, the, the word going around right now is that he has full creative freedom to work with who he wants at WrestleMania, which, again, obviously, it's within limitations. For example, we all know Roman is guaranteed to be vying for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Um, If Cena wanted to work with Roman, obviously, there's a creative issue there because Roman's already booked for Mania. So, of the people free, who does John Cena face at WrestleMania? Honestly, you look at the SmackDown roster, there's not many people that jump out to me as being obvious opponents for Cena on the grand stage. There is Baron Corbin, God no! Please no! We had that feud a couple years ago. It wasn't good. The match wasn't good. Cena won, and Corbin did not benefit from that feud whatsoever. So no. Um, Bray Wyatt, the fiend, been there. No thanks. Been there, done that. Let's move on from that. Um, Goldberg, Eh, not really. I mean, I'm not really sure what the appeal of that match would be either, despite the fact it's never been done before. Um, Him and Taker again. God no! No thank you. Let's move on. Roman Reigns is already booked for that show. Shinsuke Nakamura, eh, Braun Strowman, eh, you know, the Miz and Morrison already doing their thing even then, eh, um, who else is even on SmackDown, I mean, Daniel Bryan, I, I think I said this on Wednesday's hashtag AskGSM episode, but, that might be the best possible option, if we're going off of people from the SmackDown roster, Bryan is the best option, but, if we're going beyond that, and we can fantasy book this thing, as I've seen many other people say and, and and hope for, not just since the announcement was made on Tuesday, but in recent months, and if not beyond that. Velveteen Dream. I think Velveteen Dream would be a great opponent for John Cena at WrestleMania. It's a match that Cena wants. I mean, Cena did a fucking Q&A a couple of years ago, and he was asked by um, some fan in the crowd of the three people in NXT that you're, the highest on Adam Cole, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, who would you want to work with? He actually absolutely said, without a shadow of, of doubt in his mind, it would be Velveteen Dream, because uh, you know he's a fan of the other two guys, but he thinks that he could have the most interesting match with Velveteen Dream, and I agree. I think an Adam Cole-Cena match would be cool, Ricochet-Cena would be fun, but I feel like Dream and Cena could have the best possible feud. The issue with that is that Dream is currently in NXT, Day. He just came back, he's facing Roderick Strong in next week's episode, so they could finish up that feud next week, and then move him up to the main roster, I mean, or have him pull double duty through WrestleMania, then call him up after that, I don't know, I mean, the guy's been in NXT for like three years now, if not beyond that, He's he was making appearances on the show way back in 2016, after being in Tough Enough in 2015. So, I mean, I think it's his time has come to be called up. Um, there's really not much more for him to do in NXT unless he goes for the NXT Championship, which he already has, but, you know, a Dream Adam Cole feud wouldn't be bad either. But I think Cena Velveteen Dream is the way to go. If these reports are to be believed, and he can pick who he gets to work with at WrestleMania, I think Velveteen Dream makes the most sense, so hopefully that's what happens. Um, Simone Johnson was also announced as the latest WWE signee on Monday, I believe, The Rock's daughter, becoming the first fourth-generation star in the process um, in WWE history. We talk a lot more about that in the TakeOver Portland prediction, so I'm not going to talk too much about it here. I mean, it's cool for her. I mean, I, I, I expressed my, you know, um, uh, my con- not concerns, but like my fears, I guess. My I don't know what the right word would be. Uh, kind of not not my expectations, but I think it's great that they have her. I mean, she's only 18 years old. I'm just kind of sounding off when we talk about it later on with Mr. Marceau. What I'm going off on is the fact that people are saying, "No, oh, she can feud with Charlotte Flair next year." Like, listen, she's only 18. Let's slow the brakes on that, and we'll get to that when she's ready. Uh, she just signed. I don't think she has a lick of wrestling experience until recently. I know she's. They just signed her Monday, but she's been training at the PC reportedly for months. Um, that doesn't really mean much though she's still very very young so let's you know let's put the brakes on that we'll get to that feud when it's when it's time to get to that uh, but we talk more about that in the in the Portland prediction so I'm not going to talk too much about it here um from Monday Night Raw which I thought was another good episode overall not as strong overall as the week before but it was still a good show we had the uh, surprise appearance with Shayna Baszler, who seemingly, I mean, she's been on Raw before, but I would assume this was her official call-up, and, I mean, we've all been predicting this for months now, that it would be Sheena and Becky at WrestleMania, as it should be. It's the match that makes the most sense. They have unfinished business from Survivor Series season. Becky did not win that triple threat. It was Shayna who pinned Bailey to win that triple threat, also involving Becky. Um, you can play off of the Ronda Rousey stuff, whatever else. So why? Why is Shayna biting Becky is the real question here you know, if nothing else, they got a lot of buzz from that debut on Monday, they got a lot of people talking about what they were doing, I thought it was stupid, I'm, I'm sure I'm not in the minority there, I think a lot of people would agree that the blood and the biting and shit looks silly, if that was the Paul Heyman idea, as had been reported, because he was it was inspired by classy Freddie Blassie, which is cool, I just think it came off really corny, I thought it was stupid, um, you don't really have to have Sheena biting people in the neck, that was not her gimmick in NXT, so for those who don't watch NXT, no, she was not doing it in NXT before now, it's a brand new thing, um, I love the idea of the feud, but I just don't like how they kicked it off, I mean, there's two months until WrestleMania, so they have time to bounce back and, you know, salvage it and redeem themselves here, but I thought the biting thing was weird, then I thought the ambulance thing with Becky being... You know, uh, putting an ambulance only to get out and beat up the medics and throw the driver outside of the, uh, you know, throw him off the, the steering wheel, get him off the seat, get him out of the driver's seat, and then drive the ambulance herself to the local medical facility only to drive herself back a few hours later made very little sense to me. It's, it felt like it was a little too forced, as if they were trying too hard for her to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. But again, we'll see where they go with it. I think the feud has potential, so I like that. And then also from Raw this week, the apparent write-off of Matt Hardy, which is not set in stone. I mean, if Matt Hardy, I mean, they could always... There there is nothing set in stone that this is the last that we will see of Matt Hardy um, in WWE. I'm just reading the tea leaves, as everyone else says, as far as what his future holds. And I don't think WWE is in that conversation. I mean, I think he's still working through a contract to stay with WWE. I've said for months I think he will stay in WWE. Um, part of me would love to see him in Dynamite. The more I hear people talk about it, the more I hear him tease it, the Dark Order tease it, I would love to hear him, and I I would love to see him in AEW as the Exalted One, as the leader of the Dark Order. They've really turned that gimmick around into a complete 180. It's, It's one of the better parts of the show, now I would argue, not because of their matches or because of this or that, but because of how they've made their characters out to be interesting in the whole Join Dark Order campaign, and I think he would be the perfect fit for that group as their leader. I don't think that's where they're going with it, um, but on the off chance that they are, I'm looking forward to it. We will soon see, though. Like I said, I, I think that he ultimately stays with WWE, and I do think that um, at some point, um, he. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, again, they, they could use this angle to explain why he's becoming broken again. Uh, I'm not really sure, but at some point, I think he will resurface on the show. Again, selfishly at this point, as much as I want him in WWE, I think, again, looking at the writing on the wall here, they're not going to use him. They haven't used him in over a year. Their only real use for Matt Hardy for the most part has ever been with Jeff. And I love the Hardy boys, but they got to allow Matt to do his own thing. His career is winding down. He doesn't have much time left, he has said. He wants to make the most of the time he has left in the in the business. So why not use that as Broken Matt, Woken Matt, you know, Big Money Matt, um, V1er Matt, whatever. If they're not going to allow him to do that in WWE and they have creative differences as to what they want him to do, uh, and their idea of him is just being brought in to lose to other people and meaningless two-minute matches, then I can see Matt Hardy wanting to move on, and I don't blame him one bit. So we will soon see where they're going with this, um, where Matt Hardy decides to go. I mean, he could very well not go to AEW, not stay with WWE, and just go back to the indie scene for the remainder of his career. That's a very big possibility as well. There was a time there um, after he got fired from TNA in 2011 And then, before he got rehired in 2014, yeah, he was doing Ring of Honor and stuff, but that was back when he had issues and stuff. I mean, to an extent, like in 2011, 2012, whatever. He was doing a lot of independent stuff. He was doing a lot of, you know, Northeast wrestling shows. He was at, uh, you know, his own promotion, the Omega stuff. He was doing a lot of independent stuff, and it was cool to see, so I could very well see him going back to doing that, uh, making a pretty penny off the Broken stuff if he goes back to doing that on the indie scene. Until um, you know he either signs a contract with AEW or goes back to WWE for one final run with maybe Jeff or something. Which again, I would like to see him on his own though. That's the key here. I love the Hardy Boys, but if they're not going to use Matt on his own. Then you know they might as well just let him go and let him do whatever else he wants wherever he wants. So it's going to be a very interesting story to follow. Um, I thought the angle on Raw was very well done. The Randy Orton and Matt Hardy storyline, I thought was, uh, for, I mean, the Randy Orton-Edge storyline with the involvement of Matt Hardy, I thought was great. Because Matt Hardy does indeed, as he mentioned in his promo, has history with Edge from many, many years ago. They were great friends, turned into better enemies because of a real-life situation. So I thought his involvement in the angle was great, made Randy Orton look like a complete asshole. And if it's because of Orton that Hardy has to go away... Then Orton gets the heat for that. He very well might be credited Randy Orton with, you know, uh, allowing Matt to become the exalted one, so maybe Matt Hardy has Orton to thank in storyline, but nonetheless, I liked what they did on Monday, and again, like I said, I'm very interested to see where Matt Hardy goes from here. Um, Also, real quickly from AEW, like I said, uh, there's really not much to say from NXT just because it was a go-home show. Dynamite, two things great show overall, first of all, really three things, because the show overall was great don't have time for a match-by-match breakdown but I would strongly recommend if you did not watch the full show definitely do so it was well worth the two hours, it flew by even Alexis asked me while we were watching it, you know, she was surprised that, um, that the show flew by as quick, excuse me, as quickly as it did the tag team title match was great um, I thought MGF and Jungle Boy was a very good match, John Moxley And uh, Santana in the main event was great. That Santana interview I thought was great. The top two highlights of the show. I mean, again, I'm not the biggest fan of this move, but I could see why they did it. in the match itself, I don't care what anyone says, says, it was a really, really good match. Nyla Rose beating Riho for the AEW Women's Championship. So I'm of two minds on this thing. I'm not a big Nyla Rose fan. I don't think she's that good. But... They have put a lot of effort into building her back up, following that loss to Rio many months ago on the the launch episode of Dynamite. Um, She's gotten better. Slowly but surely, she's gotten better. I think they need to define her character more, give me more of a reason to care about her. Um, But I will say this, though. That Rio match on on Wednesday was awesome. Much better than the first match on the launch episode of Dynamite. I thought this was really, really good. They have good chemistry. Um, They told a good story. In the end, Rio was... She, it was not enough for her to overcome, and she fell short, and um, Nyla Rose is the all-new AEW Women's Champion, which, again, um, I'm not the biggest fan of just because I'm not a fan of her character, but it depends where they go from here with it, and honestly, this might be an upgrade. Even though I'm not the biggest Nyla Rose fan, Rio was not lighting the world on fire whatsoever as Women's Champion. Hey, maybe Nyla Rose has an equally unforgettable, or rather forgettable reign, not unforgettable, ra- but rather forgettable reign. Rio had a bunch of title defenses against Emi um, Sakura, Britt Baker, Chris Statlander, and a few other people. That fatal four-way on the first Dynamite of the year, I thought was great. She's had a couple good title defenses, but the issue is that she's never on the show. She was rarely around. She was gone for like a two-month period at one point because she was over in Japan. I don't give a fuck what the reason was. Get her back in the fucking show. There's no excuse. At least Nyla Rose is around far more often than Rio is. Rio just does not interest me at all. Whatsoever, she does not interest me. Um, so, good. Good. Uh, congratulations to Nyla on becoming the all-new AEW Women's Champion. Maybe they can, with this, build to Nyla versus Chris Statlander down the road. Maybe double or nothing for the Women's Championship. I assume we get Rio and uh, Nyla Rose one more time at the Revolution pay-per-view. I said that on hashtag on Wednesday. It just makes the most sense. So, uh, yeah, if we get Statlander versus Rose out of this and it's a good match, then uh, consider me intrigued. Color me intrigued. And then also from Dynamite, I mentioned this at the start of the show, the debut of Jeff Cobb, former Ring of Honor World Television Champion, former Lucha Underground Champion as Matanza Cueto. Um, He's been in New Japan. He's been all over the place. PWG, former PWG Champion. Jeff Cobb is fucking great. I cannot sing the praises of Jeff Cobb enough. I just discovered him a few years ago. I was aware of the name. I knew that he played Matanza, but I didn't really see uh, much of what he was about until he came to Ring of Honor a few years ago. So when he arrived in the Ring of Honor and was booked to look like a beast from the get-go, I immediately took notice. The thing is, people got to realize this. He is not officially signed with AEW. I was very excited, too, and I am still excited. But he has yet to sign an official contract with AEW. I think right now he's just a true independent contractor. Um, he's appearing with Ring of Honor shows on a Ring of Honor shows through, I think, at least WrestleMania weekend. So I'm not sure if you'll stick with them after that. I assume you will. But um, he's doing Ring of Honor right now, he's been in New Japan, he's doing AEW right now. I think this is a brilliant move to pick people up who are free agents who may not necessarily be signed to the company, but using them, yeah, again, to get other people over, there's no way Cobb beats Moxley next week, not a chance in hell. At the same time, though, it's really good exposure for Cobb, because when he does come in at some point down the road, I would hope, then people know who he is and they're ready to be amazed, because this guy is fucking good. He's one of those guys where I know, like, people like RJ, who don't watch Ring of Honor, who don't watch New Japan, who don't really watch Impact or whatever. He watched a little bit of Lucha, but he is not really familiar with who Jeff Cobb is. Um, I've told him before, listen, dude, take notice, know these two names. Jeff Cobb and Eli Drake is another one, I would say. Like, dude, you gotta know who Eli Drake is, because he's really, really good. He's a star on the rise. But anyway... Looking forward to seeing what he can do against Moxley next week. He did appear on this week's episode at the end, attacking Moxley alongside the Inner Circle. I'm a big, big, big fan of this move, and I said this on Twitter. If AEW can secure deals with Cobb, Matt Hardy, and Luke Harper, and I forgot to throw in there Brian Cage, then they have got me all set. I think those would be four excellent additions to the roster, and they're not all former, oh, WWE people either. Yeah, Luke Harper and Matt Hardy are, but they still they still have a lot to offer. Impact came, or rather, Brian Cage came from Impact, and Jeff Cobb came from Ring of Honor. So they're all coming from different places. They're not all ex-WWE guys. I don't want to see them hire the fucking Ascension. I don't want to see them fucking hire um, Sin Cara, for, for one. Like I think Hardy, Harper... Cage, maybe Lance Archer's another one who might be coming from New Japan. If he becomes a free agent soon, I think he'd be a great addition to the roster, and that's another big, big man they can build around. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for AEW. They have a lot of potential pickups, and hey, we could still soon see Skrull pop up on the show. I know I sound like a crazy man, but hey, he's popped up so far in Ring of Honor, NWA, New Japan. There's nothing stopping him from also making a one-off stop in um, AEW, maybe the Revolution Pay-Per-View. I think there's still a chance that could happen. He may have had it worked into his deal with Ring of Honor that he could appear, without officially signing with them, he could appear a lot like Jeff Cobb for AEW if he wanted to. And I think that would be tremendous. I think Jeff Cobb, again, he might be a one-off case, or it's like he's just an independent contractor. This is no sign that there's a working relationship between Ring of Honor and AEW. But what if it is? You never know. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Cobb. I'm hoping to see Skrull in there at some point, and all the other people I mentioned. AEW, though, bottom line, great show on Wednesday. Be sure to check it out. Looking forward to Revolution next, not next week. When is it? On the 29th? So in two and a half weeks from now. Looking forward to Revolution on the 29th. But first, before then, we have NXT TakeOver Portland this Sunday. Yeah, they're airing it on a Sunday as opposed to a Saturday. I guess that's the new norm for NXT takeovers, which I'm not a big fan of, but whatever. Um, I guess they might be doing that if it's on a weekend where there's no main roster pay per view on Saturday, or rather on Sunday. So I get into that with Mr. Marceau. So speaking of whom he is on the line right now, right here, Mr. Marceau here to help me break down the XFL launch, Daytona 500, and NXT Takeover Portland this Sunday. Mr. Marceau, welcome back to the show. How you doing?
1: Doing well, GSM, how are you?
0: Doing amazing. I feel like we have a streak here on WrestleRant Radio for the last couple months. Now, we had you on for the Survivor Series predictions. We had you on for the end-of-the-year, year-in-review award pro- uh, show that we do in December. We had you on for the Royal Rumble predictions. And now it's February, and you're here for the TakeOver predictions, too.
1: Yeah, what do, you, what do you expect? I mean, I'm the best best guest of all time.
0: <laughs> I feel like there's gonna we're going to have to make up some sort of an event to to just have you on to make up to preview something in March, because WrestleMania is not until early April, so I probably won't have you on until that point. But WrestleMania 2021, WrestleMania 37, March 28th, 2021. You will not be there, my sir. You are getting hitched that weekend.
1: I am. I know. I saw that uh, my future wife texted me. And was like, oh, do you see WrestleMania the weekend? We're getting married. I was like, yeah, I'm not going.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm not going. So yeah, I'm not going to my own wedding, or I'm not going to WrestleMania. Just to clarify, I'm not
1: going to WrestleMania. I'll be at the wedding. I'll oh, be there
0: okay, damn it. Well, we'll be there as well. It's we're gonna. Alexis wants to go, so we might uh might fly by in uh, early Saturday morning after making the Marceau wedding. We wouldn't miss it for the world. So we will soon see. But I'm looking forward to it. LA's a great destination. But all I'm hoping for, dude, I forgot. <laughs> Forgot to mention this before, but they gotta bring back the old Hollywood style promos they did 15 years ago.
1: Oh, they gotta. I mean, <laughs> the one with Batista, I think, like talking to me, and then they have the up, but into one. Can do what? Just have Shinsuke do it this time. Just have Shinsuke do it this time. It'd be perfect.
0: Oh, no, exactly. Just have, just have Shinsuke doing it. would be amazing. So hopefully that's what they do come Los Angeles. I hear it's, it's a brand new stadium. I hear that they're building it right now. And I saw that they were talking on backstage last night about it. How I guess the roof will be designed in a way where like whatever's on the stage can be on the roof too, which is honestly pretty cool. So it, it should be a pretty pretty cool show all things considered if they uh, if the rumors about the stadium are true.
1: Yeah, the, the roof to the new stadium's like glass, like transparent kind of shit. So I don't know how that reflects light or anything like that, but it's like not like a dome that's just like steel and stuff it's like glass looking kind of material
0: yeah yeah. so that's pretty cool I've never heard of that being done before so looking forward to that first we got Wrestlemania 36 first we got TakeOver Portland I had to go back as I was thinking the other day before I texted you the other day I'm like do I have Mr. Marceau on the show to break down the takeover predictions? And I felt like I had to because I don't think we've missed a takeover prediction show in like two or three years. So regardless of whether it's a Big Four pay-per-view or not, we always talk the takeover shows. And um, the thing is with these takeovers, usually they're the weekend of a, you know, a Big Four pay-per-view, but not this one. I mean, I know the one that we went to last year in, in Bridgeport wasn't a Big Four pay-per-view weekend, but it looks like going forward, beyond the WrestleMania weekend one, um, assuming they do a TakeOver summer SummerSlam weekend. That's not set in stone. I'm just assuming they will. Um, they haven't – that may be set in stone. I'm not 100% sure, but hopefully it is because I want to go to that in Boston. But, um, yeah, TakeOver Portland this Sunday. Before we go any further than that, with that, uh, real quickly, your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on the debut of the XFL this past weekend. What were your initial impressions of the league?
1: I enjoyed it. I mean, I didn't see – I didn't watch – I watched uh... – the first game on Saturday, which was D.C. and Seattle, which was a good game. I enjoyed that game. Mm-hmm. Um, the night game was fun. Houston game. Uh, Houston and L.A. was a good game. I didn't catch a lot of the first game that you watched, the uh, Guardians and uh, Vipers. Vipers. Yeah. Didn't see a ton of that game. I mean, that was the only game that was kind of a blowout.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I watched some of the St. Louis and uh, – Dallas game, which is pretty good. Um, I, I mean, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a good co- the games I watched were good. They were entertaining. Um, they did good numbers, which is, I mean, that's always good. I mean, it's also the first week too, yeah. so, I mean, you know, everyone's just gonna go out of their way to watch. I'm not sure how attainable those viewerships will be this week. I mean, I like the times, and it's the stadium. At least I like the DC stadium. Like I how it was smaller, and it like had like a big feel to it, just because there's a lot. Like it was filled to the filled filled in capacity so it looked mm. a lot better than like the New York game I mean it kind of the, like the different kind of environments kind mm. of killed it for me um but no I thought it was good 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 first week I think the most important part is just having good games people keep saying like they need bigger stars but if they just have the players they have now and have good games they can like create their own stars kind of like if you just like the first week they had a couple players that said really really good weeks I mean there's a guys are just coming stars on their own. And then if you just couldn't I think it's the most important part just having consistently good football. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the new rules and, like, the, the live in-mic kind of, like, behind-the-scenes they had with, like, the coaches and the players. The replay system that I like, like how they have someone that's just telling them and kind of giving, you like, a behind-the-scenes look is good. Um, I thought it was a good week. I just think to be sustainable, they need to obviously continue to have good football – and then, hopefully, if it succeeds, they just have – they add some more teams. I mean, it's for us, I mean, I wish there was a team in, like, Boston nearby I could just mm-hmm. go to the games. I would definitely be down to go on, like, a Saturday or Sunday at this point because nothing else is really going on mm-hmm. that I'm interested in, at least on the weekends. So, hopefully, if it's successful, they can keep going. I'm not sure exactly how much they can do since it's only one parent company owning the whole league. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it gets successful enough, they'll kind of branch it out to actual like people buying stake in certain teams and such like that, and then can kind of like make it into an actual league. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just continuously having good football will help them be successful.
0: Now you know I'm not a full-on football fan, but were the NFL games on Saturdays and Sundays around the same time? I know they're on Mondays and Thursdays, but were the NFL games on the weekends too or no?
1: So they're on they're on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. On Sunday, they're on one, one o'clock, four o'clock, and eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then they have the night games on Thursday and Thursday and Monday. On Saturday, it's always college football. Okay. Um, during when they're on, so it's those are on at noon, usually 4 o'clock, and then the game seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock, and then West Coast they have games at like ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. So those are like from late August till beginning of December, and then once those are over, NFL usually has, like, two or three games for the last, like, two weeks that are on Saturdays as well, and they do, uh, four o'clock and, like, 8.15, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. And you mentioned the mic'd up players and coaches and stuff like that, and I thought that was interesting, too. I didn't know if that was something new or if that was something the NFL was already doing. It looked unique to me, so I'm, I'm glad to know that is something new, but, um... So when they mic up the players and stuff like that, this was something that Alexis was wondering when we were watching that Defenders... Um, who did they face? Dragons. Dragons game on... Yeah, the uh, the D.C. Seattle game on Saturday. So when they mic up the players, this might sound like a stupid question, but the players are saying, you know, they're, they're doing the plays, they're going through the plays before they hike the ball. Is I mean... I'm, I don't know how to phrase this, but like, wouldn't that give away the play they're about to do if everyone's hearing it? Or is it just the audience? You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't get that aspect of it—the fact that they're micing that up. So,
1: I mean, I know what you're saying, but like, they're using like a lot of code.
0: Oh yeah, it's not like
1: they're like saying the exact place. So, I mean, obviously they hear them saying like usually when they're calling from like the formation, they're not actually in the huddle. They're all talking in, like, code, which obviously they know what it means. Yeah. So, I mean, usually they have different variations of code, too, so they could say, like, Monday means one play, and then they could say Tuesday. That could mean the exact same play, but they say Tuesday, and they think of something different. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have obviously different variations of that said call. They could say Monday, tomato, oh, fucking Nebraska, GSM, and freaking... Donut, and then all that—all five different things, but they all have the same play. So I mean, I know what you're saying, but they—they have different variations of the said call that wouldn't like give it away what the play yeah. is.
0: Well, so that makes sense. But what about the conversations that they show between coacher, like between coach and player? Like, does that give away anything? You think to the opposing team if they can hear what they're saying to each other?
1: Well, then I don't think they can hear what the coach is saying. I know they—they can hear what the players are saying.
0: But they can I don't think they can hear what the coach is saying. Okay, okay. I wasn't one hundred percent sure because I know they showed yeah, some conversation. If, 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 if they could hear what the coach is saying, they would know exactly what the player Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. There were some points when, like, the players not when the play was not when the play was happening, but like when one of the players went to the side or they you know whatever they they were off the field, they were talking to the coach about the play that just happened or something, and you can you can mm-hmm. hear the full on conversation, but. <laughs> Maybe th- maybe that's enough to hear but like obviously not the play itself because that would just completely give it away but anyway go back to what you were saying though I know I agree I thought it was cool like like I said I'm not a full on football fan but I wanted to watch it I wanted to check it out and give it a shot and I thoroughly enjoyed it so I'm actually going to watch the Guardians game on Saturday probably I think they're playing it too against Defenders I think is the game on Saturday too so um that's pretty cool and I know they're playing at MetLife which I have very negative experiences with you not so much um, but they're only <laughs> they're only two hours from here. So did they announce like where their Super Bowl game is? I know it's on April twenty sixth, but have they announced like the schedule for those games beyond the regular season or no?
1: I haven't seen anything scheduling wise. It kind of just said like East One plays East Two and then West One plays West Two and okay. they didn't really like define a location. Like it just said that's playing, so I don't know if like if East one hosts is like a home game, I'm assuming that's what they do because that's what most sports do. Like the, when the East plays the East, they'll just have like a home, whoever's first will have the game at their home stadium, and then West same thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, usually the championships usually like a neutral site, so I'm not sure exactly what they're doing for that. Um, but that's how it normally runs. Yeah.
0: Okay, that makes sense. But uh, yeah, that's two months of football right there. That's that's pretty cool, and they have you know two four games every weekend, which is pretty nice. But, um, yeah, you might be seeing GSM pop up at <laughs> an XFL game before the end of the season. Hopefully the thing is profitable. I mean, there's going to be, able, going to be a second season, but you never know. Randy Cruz was actually the first game, I think, last weekend, the one at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, which is kind of funny. He got, like, last-minute tickets uh, from someone that he knows that works there. So I'm hoping to make it there before the end of the season. I think that would be pretty cool, even though I don't love MetLife, but um, it is close enough where I think I can make it happen. So Why? Anyway. Why don't you like MetLife? That, that's a whole other story I know I've gotten into before here on the show, and I'm not going to explain it again because I feel like it's I feel like it's PTSD, so thank God they're going to be in L.A. next year for WrestleMania, and I never have to go to that shithole again for another wrestling show. Um, yeah,
1: until you get to L.A. and the traffic's out the Yazoo.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, the arena itself is fine. MetLife, I that was okay. It was definitely run down, not, not nearly as run down as the Orlando one. That was a shithole. <sighs> That was fucking terrible. I'm
1: surprised, I'm surprised I made it out of Orlando alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, that area was sketchy as fuck, dude. But you
1: were literally in the middle of the project.
0: It really was. Great time, but that was an awful, awful area. I would not like. I I'm so glad I didn't drive or whatever because that just I I. Some people I know were leaving their cars. You know, like they're like, oh, park over here for ten dollars. I saw people doing that. Like I would be shocked I mean, I would never do something like that because I wouldn't trust these people to keep my car. Like it was just a sketchy ass area. Um, very. Yeah, strange. it was tough. And I was also a dumbass for getting there fucking five minutes before the show started, not thinking the you
1: didn't want to listen to me, folks. <laughs> didn't want to listen
0: to me. <laughs> I got there with enough time for the most part at WrestleMania itself, but then I had issues leaving. So hopefully next year, third time's the charm. I won't have as many problems. Um, but anyway, moving forward here, TakeOver Portland this Sunday, which is weird to say because they're usually on Saturdays. I don't really like that. I like the pay-per-views and the the takeovers being on Saturdays. Um, I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know if it's better for the network or I'm not really sure. I know AEW has shows on Saturdays, but they haven't had any overlapping shows yet. So very bizarre to me. So before we go any further, now that I mentioned it, RJ, uh, your thoughts on TakeOver's moving from Saturdays to Sundays doesn't matter. Do you care?
1: I mean, I think it's just because it's, it's not running, obviously, because it's not, like, a uh, main roster show on Sundays. I mean, I I prefer Saturday night myself just because, I don't know, I don't have to wake up. I don't, like, if I, if I, I, you know, I go to bed early. I'm an mm. early bird. I go to bed at, like, fucking 9.30 Eastern time. I'm mm. fucking 70 years old, for Christ's <laughs> sake. But, like, I like... On Saturdays, because, like, if I do stay up later than I normally do, I can sleep in a little bit. Or, like, even if I don't sleep in, I, like, don't have to rush out the door and go to work. Yeah. So I like that for my sake. But, like, a lot of people do go out on Saturday nights because they can either go only go out on Friday and Saturday because they work the rest of the week. So, like, Sunday's probably the night that more people are around to watch because just because you're not – more people aren't going out on Sunday nights because they have work the next day. hmm so, I think, I think for that aspect, so more people probably watch it live on a Sunday, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me, but, like, s- same concept, like, I wish the Super Bowl was on a Saturday night, Yeah. so I could stay up late, watch the Super Bowl, wake up on Sunday, have a day for myself, then go to work on Monday. I hate, like, even though it's not that late, it's just still staying up later than I normal to, then going to work the next day, like... I think, I think all big events should start should be on a Saturday night. That's just my preference. Silly
0: question, but why hasn't that happened yet? Is it because it's been on a Sunday this entire time and they just don't want to change it? it just That seems like it makes the most sense to me, like you said.
1: I just think it's like, like I said before, it's like prime time. Like the biggest prime time is like Sunday night. Because okay, yeah. a, a lot of people are in, like I said, because a lot of people are in and not going out because it's, they have to work the next day. So it's just like... Everyone's going to be in, so might as well have it on Sunday. I think, realistically, it should be on a Saturday, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming money and shit and stuff like that's deflected. And they probably, like, they make probably more money on Sunday, and it's prime time on television, and all that stuff that I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, UFC's got the right idea by putting their pay-per-views on Saturday. That's something they've always done uh, the right way for him. Yeah,
1: the issue with that is it's on at fucking, like, midnight. Yeah, like, it's really late, yeah. That's the only issue I have with those. Like, I like that they're on Sunday, but or on Saturday nights, but, like, over to, like, in 1, 1.30 a.m.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's, like, I'm depriving my sleep to stay up for something. And at least if it's, like, the Super Bowl or, like, a wrestling show, I know what I'm getting. Like, I know I'm getting three to four hours of what I want. UFC, you can stay
0: up to like one one thirty. Guy gets knocked
1: down in twenty seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. why the fuck do they stay up for
0: that? Yeah. So it has, its, it has its pros and cons. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's weird because this is on the network, so I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, like you said, there's no main pay per view on Sunday. But then again, they had the um the twenty five show that we went to on a Saturday. So I don't know. I just think it makes more sense to have it on a Saturday. Well, I guess we'll soon find out why they're doing that. But anyway, getting to the card itself. Um, this is, according to a lot of people, one of the most stacked cards they've ever had, and honestly, you'd be hard-pressed to find exception to that. Just because you look at all these matches on the card, all four championship matches, two heated rivalries, um, this is a stacked show. I mean, I would be shocked, dude, if this was anything less than three hours. Like, this feels like... The the thing is, it's a pros and cons, like you were saying. I feel like the pro is, it's going to be a great show. You never get anything less than a good takeover. It's usually great very rarely are they good, never are they bad. So you know the show's gonna be awesome. The con to this is that I feel like they're blowing their load two months out from WrestleMania weekend, and they're giving away all their biggest money matches now that could be saved for then. Like, they do the... I mean, NXT, I, I trust the process, so it's not like the main roster where I... At least I know NXT will bounce back and do something you know, amazing for WrestleMania weekend, I hope. Or maybe not, and I'm not there, so maybe that's why I'm I'm selfishly hoping that they don't do that. Um, but with this show, though, I just feel like there's a lot of these matches. Balor Gargano, Kai and Tegan Knox, Lee Dijakovic, uh, Cole and Ciampa feel like they could be happening over WrestleMania weekend. The only match that I would say, oh, you know, that doesn't really have to happen on this show, or, you know, it doesn't really matter, is Ripley and Belair. We talked about this a month ago about how, you know, that, that feels like a filler feud before... They do, you know, uh, probably Ripley and Shirai, who's hurt right now. So anyway, I'm just a little surprised by that, but I guess we'll, we'll get into it and discuss each match and what we might expect to happen come WrestleMania weekend. Um, there's so many matches here, it's hard to kick off with just one, but I'll start with this, the street fight between Tegan Nox to Kodakai. Uh, you and I have been, you know, pretty on the same page about this, how the build has been weird because they had that great angle of TakeOver war Games. Tegan Knox was off TV for two months, as she should have been, to sell the injury. You do the feud. Kai becomes a great heel. She's really, really good. And then Tegan Knox comes back. She comes back out of nowhere in the fucking battle royal a month ago. It just it, they, they advertised her too. I'm like, what are they? Why are they doing this? And then obviously Kai cost her her spot in the match. Blah blah blah. And then they had a match on TV that that Knox won, not clean because she used the the knee pad or whatever, the knee brace. But she still won decisively via pinfall like so I had someone trying to tell me like oh it wasn't decisive. Well, no fuck it obviously wasn't. It was a knee brace but like still he, she pinned her one two three. it doesn't get much cleaner than that dude. so why is there why is there a rematch is my question if Tegan Knox already gave Dakota Kai her come up and so that's my question here. your thoughts on the match, your thoughts on the feud RJ and what's going on with this feud? have they butchered it or can it still be salvaged?
1: So, I, I like the feud. I like I like both women a lot. Um, I will say I love Kai as a babyface. Seeing her at heels, I don't know, I love her as a heel. I think she's more of a genuine babyface, but that's just out of the point. I think, like, the whole turn was perfect. Like, the, I mean, everyone knew it was coming, but the execution everything was, like, perfect. Like, the whole attack on Tegan at uh, War Games, like, the extent of the attack, like you said. Tegan's out for two months, I mean, assuming, like, a normal person would assume, like, Dakota would still be, like, this new heel character, she'd start, like, gaining some momentum, whatever, and then, like, during one of her matches, she'd win, like, then fucking Knox would come out and beat the shit out of her, like, that's what I would think, like, isn't that, like, how you, would like, isn't that, like, how you, would like, think the next step of the feud, like, she's bragged how she fucking took out Dakota, or Tegan with the fucking knee brace. And then all of a sudden, Tegan comes on, and beats the shit out of her. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, Like they're going to fucking fight. Mm -hmm. No, they put her in a battle royal. (laughs) Like, why? Like, why didn't she, like, when she came back, like, wouldn't she just be like, no, I'm going to beat her ass. Like, beat her ass in the backstage. Like, her first night back should be her, like, attacking Kai. Like, Mm -hmm. no, she's just excited to be in a battle royal and just jumping in. Like, not, like, and basically the way they did it was, like, she, like, forgot that she got her ass (laughs) cut. Yeah. Like, they, like, basically just, like, I don't understand. Like, that really bothered me. Obviously, like you said, Kai came out and, and cost her the title. But, like, that's something you do if Knox comes back and kicks her ass, then enters the Battle royal. and Kai's not in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Kai gets her her back by eliminating her from the Battle Royale, and then you do the feud, like that. And then they just, not they blew it off, but, like, I don't know why they did it on NXT. Maybe just because it's, like... I don't know. I think that was... Yeah. I like the feud. I think it's going to be a really good match. I just don't like... Like you said. Like, yeah, did she cheat the win? Yes. But, like... She lost... She got pinned. One, two, three. I mean... <laughs> I don't know why like, Candice LeRae is involved. I, I kind of didn't really understand that at all. But, I mean... Yeah. I think it could be salvaged. But, like, it's like... Okay, so what happens? Like... So, say that... Keegan wins on Sunday. Like... The feud's over then, I
0: guess.
1: or mm-hmm. twice. Like I, I just kind of like wish going into Portland it was just like they hadn't wrestled each other at all yet, and it was all just kind of like back and forth fighting. Like I said, like Seaton comes back, beats up Dakota, Dakota costs her the title. They just like can't get like they just keep fucking getting in each other's faces, always like attacking each other. The way they settle it, street fight. It's like the at least that's the first step. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have like that one match. I mean. I feel like it, I kind of forgot about it until you even brought it up again, but like it still happened, and that's not how the future have done. It. I'm surprised NXT fucked that up because they usually are pretty good at not doing that. Maybe um, anyway, they wanted to put it on TV just because it's a big match, and they thought maybe they'd gain viewers because it's a hot feud. But like, just don't. I just don't think blowing it like wasting it like that did the feud anyhow. help. But I think the match on Sunday night will be good. I. I'm assuming Kai would win just to, like further the feud, unless they're just gonna like, squash into one match and just have Knox win, because I think it'd just look really dumb if Knox won again and then this continues the feud. It's kind of like Baron Corbin, like they're still doing that shit. Like he lost, like get over it. The feud's over, like move on. Like that's the same thing in this, like she shouldn't win again, and then they're like, oh no, we're gonna do the feud again. Like if she loses twice, clean, like decisively loses twice. I mean, mm-hmm. why continue? So I think Kai will win, but I think the build has been very shaky. With a which had a great start, and it, it was like one of those things like how could you can't fuck this up, and it kind of did it.
0: Yeah, no, no, very questionable. It's simple booking. Sorry for the rant as well. No, no, no. I agree. I totally agree. Like it's simple booking, but like, dude, how you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Just have them brawl back and forth, and NXT is the king for the most part. They're the masters of simple booking, and... Again, they didn't completely fuck it up, but, like... I'm, I'm glad they're on the show, first of all, because I think it would have been a mistake to have them blow it off on a random episode of TV. I don't know if it's a byproduct of wanting to, like you said, gain viewers, the opposite of Dynamite. I don't think it made much of a difference. They still lost in the battle anyway, so it doesn't even really matter um, for that one episode. But, I don't know, I would have saved it, and I feel like that would have made the match more unpredictable, because it very well could have gone either way at this point. I feel like the Kai has to win, because if she loses... She's a fucking loser! She's a fucking loser. There is no bouncing back from two losses to Tegan Knox at this point. One decisively, and then one after Tegan cheated or whatever. Like, she, she's written off, she's done. I know you said she's not the greatest teal. I agree, I think she's a natural babyface. She can be what Bailey probably could have been at one point. Um, she's that good, she's likable, whatever. But you still don't have to butcher this by having her lose twice. I don't think they will. They could build to a third match. I I don't know. I'm not really sure. But it's cool, though, because they're doing a street fight. We don't see street fights normally. It's not AEW. I feel like AEW has done more street fights in in a year than NXT has done in like a decade. I feel like we never see...
1: Hey, that year's being being like kind. It's been like three months.
0: No, no, absolutely. No, I agree. So I I think this is going to be good, though. I agree. I think Kai goes over. I feel like she has to go over. And uh, we'll just go from there. I'm a big Tegan Knox fan. They're doing a great series on her right now. So I uh, strongly recommend anyone checking this, uh, you know, for everyone listening to check this out. They're doing a series on her on the YouTube channel. Not the WWE one, but the Performance Center channel. It's called um, The Comeback, and they're talking about her initial injury a few years ago and her coming back from that. And I'm a big Tegan Knox fan, so I'm looking forward to seeing what she does in the future. Uh, so we both got Kai there. Then for the NXT North American Championship Uh, A rekindling of a rivalry here, which should be awesome. Again, this is a match I feel like should be happening over WrestleMania weekend because I don't want to see it blown off on a random takeover in February, but whatever. Uh, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. Um, This is going to be a great match. They are, I'm surprised they haven't mentioned this yet, but, and maybe they did on Wednesday's episode before, you know, we're recording this on early Wednesday. Um, Keith Lee has one win over Dijakovic in NXT. Dijakovic has one win over Lee. Two of their matches ended in a no contest, double count out, whatever. So, this is the real rubber match here for the championship. Lee just became champion like two or three weeks ago. It speaks volumes. They didn't wait until the takeover to do Keith Lee and Roderick Strong because I guess they really wanted this match on the show. Um, but anyway, this should be great. I think Keith Lee has got to retain here. Um, this would be an amazing opener, though, I think, to kick off the show. It's a match I've wanted on a takeover for a year now. I'm glad we're finally getting it. But I feel like there's no other outcome than Lee retaining, unless they're really, they really want to fast-track him to the main roster. I mean, Garza, hey, we said there was no shot of him losing the Cruiserweight Championship, and he did, and then he went and ended up on Raw a month later. Like, not even, like, two weeks later. So I think there's a chance Lee loses here and heads to the main roster, but... I would wait at least until WrestleMania weekend for that. So, uh, your thoughts on this RJ and Keith Lee being the new uh, North American champion?
1: Um, I, I think I'm, I'm going with you on this one. I think Lee... I mean, I'm not going to say half the one because I said that about Garza and I sound like a doofus and hindsight. But, I mean, I think Lee... Yeah, he, the thing is, like, his buzz right now is, like, more than NXT and it's more than the title that he's holding. So, mm. I mean, like you said, he could just, like lose the bill and then just show up on Raw randomly, like, I just think, I'm not a big Dijakovic fan and you know that, yep. so, I just, like, if he's, I don't think he should be the one that beats Flee for it, I don't know, I just like, don't, he doesn't appeal to me, I don't like, he just does nothing for me, and I, yep. I, I think they've had really great matches and stuff, but like, him as a character, I just, I just don't care for him at all, so, I think Lee should retain and then, like you said, maybe wait till Tampa to lose the belt. But, like, it's kind of another thing. is like, who does he lose the belt to? Mm-hmm. That's kind of another thing. I mean, I'm not a big Damien Priest fan. That's probably someone else they probably try to put the belt on. So, I mean, hopefully he just keeps the belt for a little bit. I think he has great momentum right now. He's The buzz around him is big. Um, I just think, like I said, I think his buzz might be bigger than NXT right now and, they might just be like, oh, fuck it, just bring him right up to the main roster. But I also would rather them actually think it out, have him defend it, retain, build his buzz more, then bring him up when they have something to do with him and not just fucking waste them, mm-hmm. which probably would happen. So I think he'll win, and we'll see how it goes from there.
0: I mean, to be fair, this has never been done before in Day. so what about this run idea? Keith Lee did say about a month... Two months ago, maybe a while ago, he said, I want to take all of your championship gold away from the Undisputed Era. He already went for the tag titles and lost, got the North American championship. Is there any chance that we see, if Adam Cole retains on Sunday, an Adam Cole-Keith Lee feud for both belts in NXT? I
1: think it's possible, but if they're going to do that, it would have to be on... I think they... So, like, I think that's a great idea. I think that's a good idea. But, like, if they did that, I feel like it would tamper the card at Tampa of just what... They do, like you said earlier, they're doing a lot of, like, their big matches now. So, like, what do they do at Tampa if they're having that show? Like, mm-hmm. if they're not having a U- uh, North American title match, they're not having... They're going to have him and Cole. Like, the tag team division, like, is... That's another. Most... We can talk about that later. I think it's pretty lacking right now they do charlotte and whatever ripley bianca whatever kind of few they do there i'm assuming that's going to be on wrestlemania so it's not going to be that night uh, oh
0: yeah i forgot about I, that yeah
1: There's just like i don't know They i and i just don't think they're meant besides gargano and balor like maybe chomp if he doesn't retain but like what else other matches can you do that's really gonna like bring a treat i think I think the mid card is kind of lacking right now in NXT. If you want to be, if you want me to be honest, but um, I just think that they should. Just, if they're going to do that, it's something you do like on like an NXT show, not don't do it at the uh, pay per view.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, or special, the, m- whatever the fuck yeah, about. I know. Um, the more that you mention that, the more that I'm thinking. Uh, I guess we'll we'll talk about the tag team division in a minute, but you mentioned the women. I want to mention this real quick when we talk about Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, NXT Women's Championship. I was thinking about that a while ago. I totally forgot about it, how obviously Ripley and Flair is happening at WrestleMania. They're not going to build it up on Raw and whatever just for it to be blown off on a takeover. I mean, it'd be awesome if it was. I just don't see that happening. But I also find it hard to believe they wouldn't have Ripley have a presence on that show. I mean, they've been building her up hard the last couple months so, just to have her not on that show and save her for Mania when it's their championship. But then again, if you want her in takeover, what do you do? So, here's my question. Before we even talk about Ripley and Belair, I mean, obviously, I think Ripley's winning. I know some people are saying, oh, I don't know. First of all, I don't think Belair's winning. Ripley's been built up so aggressively. To waste that by having her lose to Belair is a joke. I mean, I like, I like Belair. I know you're not a big fan of hers, but I just think that's a waste. Uh, she's already gotten a million opportunities. Have this be it. Move her to the main roster after WrestleMania. That's what I would do. She's done in NXT. She's not EST. She's D-O-N-E. So hopefully that's the case after WrestleMania. But, you know, some people are saying, oh, maybe non-finish instead of a three-way. Eh, I, I'd rather just be it one-on-one. So I'm going to say Ripley retains. But not only that. So give your prediction for that, RJ. And also, what about the TakeOver Tampa show? What if they do to get Ripley on the card or the women's division, Whatever. Do you think they could do Air and Flair, maybe, and with the winner advancing to Mania, or if Air wins, she gets added? I feel like even that's predictable. So, what's your solution, and who do you think wins on this show between Ripley and Belair?
1: I mean, I think you just do. I think Ripley's gonna win. I not even that I don't. I, I don't. I'm not. War, I'm not gonna say warmed up. I haven't been so negative against. Belair, I would say recently. I just, I mean, she's kind of, the thing with me she's like a poor man. To me, this is my opinion, she's like a poor man, Sasha Banks. Like, her whole character is like Sasha Banks, basically. And, like, she's, like, okay in the ring, like, whatever. She's fucking, I think she's really annoying, but whatever. Um, but I think Ripley and Flair, to me, makes more sense one on one than adding Belair. I think, like, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of her, so. I think Ripley and her, like you said, it should be Ripley and Flair one-on-one one at WrestleMania. That makes the most sense. Ripley should win that as well. She shouldn't lose a fucking Charlotte. Yep. Um, for TakeOver Tampa, I wouldn't do the Air and Flair thing, like you said. I think that just... Like, Charlotte doesn't shouldn't have to... Like, she has the title opportunity already. Like, why would she face Belair to get the chance to fight Rhea? I mean, I guess if you said, like you said, if... Bianca beat Flair should be added in but like I feel like that just makes Charlotte look worse than makes Charlotte look worse mm. and then she'd lose again the next night so she'd have two losses in two nights Yeah, that's what not gonna happen, happen. Mm. I think if anything what they should do they should just do like if they don't have Ripley on the show at all which I, I doubt they will they should just do like a four way number one contenders match uh, fucking Knox Kai Shirai and Candice yeah, Final enough. four-way number one contenders match. Whoever wins faces whoever the champion is at a future time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's how you set up the next feud. After or yeah, yeah, that's how you do it.
0: Perfect. Yeah. There you go. No, no, I like that. I like that. Um, I like how they're having two women's matches on the show, which is rare. I mean, I know they did that with uh, Larey and. Um, Shirai Shirai yeah at the Toronto 2 show last year actually that was great that, that was a fun
1: ass
0: match that was an awesome honestly I'm not going to lie to you eh, I was going to say it was the best women's match of the year but I know you're super high on Sasha and Becky so I'm not going to say definitively it was the best match of last year but it's up there with Sasha best and Becky best
1: women's singles match there you go I'll give it to you no, no but... stipulation just your one on one
0: match okay okay no stipulation yeah no no in that case absolutely but Sasha and Becky is definitely close Um, So yeah, I have Ripley retaining there as well. Move into the tag team stuff. I mean, we can praise NXT all we want, but it's not a perfect show. Their tag team division sucks. They are not going to put Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne together unless their division is super strong. If this was... Honestly, I can't even think of a time where their division was amazing, but like, I don't know, two, three years ago? Different story. Like, they weren't putting random people together. Like, when... For example, when Finn Balor and Samoa Joe in the fucking Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic, yeah, they did it to further their own story, but they did that because they had no tag teams, dude. The finals of that fucking tournament were Balor and Joe versus Corbin and Rhino. Like, I, that was then, this is now. It's not much different. Um, they had the Grizzled Young vet. They had the NXT UK guys in there because they have no tag teams of their own in NXT. So I don't know what they have to do. I mean, either bringing a team from the main roster... Put some more teams together, bring them over, bring over a team or two from NXT UK. They have a pretty good tag team division, so I would bring over, like, the grizzled young vets. Give me the fucking motor city machine guns already. Stop teasing me. And just put them together and put them in an NXT. Day. Um, but in the meantime, though, they have the Broser who I like a lot. They have great chemistry. They're not doing jack shit with that riddle right now, and he hasn't. He's really been floundering for a while, so I think this is a good role for him for now. Um, people thinking, oh, maybe Pete Dunne turns on him a la when, like, Roddy turned on Pete Dunne a couple years ago. I don't think so. I feel like that uh, just doesn't really accomplish anything. And Dunne needs something to do, too, because after he lost the UK title, he has also been floundering. Um, so I'm going to say new tag team champions here. The Undisputed Era already lost the North American title, so it doesn't really matter who loses their championship next. Um, in Undisputed Era, they really haven't had many defenses. They defended against the Street Profits and maybe other a team or two. That's about it, though. They have the Forgotten Sons down there, and they don't really have many other teams. Uh, so again, I would bring in Alex Shelley, reform the Time Splitters, or something, because they need fucking help on this division. So even after Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne win after a rematch with the Undisputed Era, what the fuck do you do with these guys? So, Mr. Marceau, your prediction for the Tag Team Title Clash on Takeover?
1: The kid literally took what I was gonna say. I mean, the thing is, you just said if. Done and what's this and brittle win? Who are they gonna face? It's the same way with the Undertaker. Like if they win, like who the fuck they face next? There's like they beat everyone at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean the division has, oh my god, the division sucks right now. And I'm and I'm usually not that negative, but besides forgotten sons and like Lorkin and Birch, like who else do they even have?
0: Yeah, Brazongo or injured. injured. Brazongo,
1: a bunch of fucking losers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's um, nice that they're coming back on NXT and people actually kind of care about them, but I mean, they just—they're just, they're just kind
0: of. Well, I mean, they're not around anyway, so it doesn't even matter.
1: Like I said, like you said, um, like they should bring over. I mean, Mustache Melvin. I would—I would like if they just brought them just to the NXT, just formally. I know mm-hmm. that they have their own kind of shit going on in UK, but like bring in like the young, young grizzled vets and a couple other teams, or like you said, make more attack teams or bring someone down from the main roster. like at this point. Like you said, even if Street ever wins or if they lose and then the Brosewights beat them in a rematch, like, who do they face from there? Like, Forgotten Sons? <laughs> who cares? Like, yeah. I think, like you said, I think it's, like, kind of, like, teetering. Like, Street Era is obviously losing their gold at this point. I think the Brosewights wins in, like, it's big kind of moment and shit. But, like, like I said, I think... I'm more worried about, like, what's next than who's winning the belts. Yeah. Like, I think they'll win the belts, but I'm more worried about what's going to be next. Because, like you said, once they rematch and stuff, it's, like, who else is there to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to... like... Yeah, go playing, ahead. And it's, like, they beat, they, beat, they beat the Grizzled Young Vets. And who else did they face in the tournament, uh, the Brotherhoods
0: Um, Imperium they beat, too.
1: So, like, they beat those two big teams. So, then, like, who else do they face? Yeah. Like you said, Forgotten Sons? Like, who cares? They're fucking losers.
0: Mm-hmm. And they've been there forever. I don't know. I'm
1: more worried about, like, I think this would be a really great match, and I don't want that, like, the division itself to overshadow the match itself, because I think it's going to be a really good match. I just think I'm more worried. Like, this is one of those matches, like, it's going to be a great match, but I'm more worried about the aftermath than the actual match itself, because it's, like, it's going to be a great match, but then after, like, what the hell do you do? Yeah. It's, like, not there's nothing there. At least, like, the women's division, it's, like, if this person wins, they have X, Y, and Z ready. Like, they have this few, like, they have a ton of shit going on this division there's nothing going on so I, I'm kind of worried
0: yeah no they gotta they gotta work on that they either gotta reform some teams bring in a team or two from NXT I'm sorry from the main roster like no it's not gonna make a big difference but like bring in the revival or something at least until they leave um because I, I I'm convinced they're leaving so maybe bring them back for a cup of coffee um honestly I don't even know what else you do I don't even know what other tag teams are out there like uh, AEW snatched up, like, everybody. They got LAX. They got Best Friends. They got the Lucha Bros. They got, like, everybody over there. And even their tag team division needs help because no one feels special. That's a whole other issue with another company. We're talking about NXT, but I agree. They need more teams. Um, hire some new teams. Fucking, I honestly don't even know. We some teams or something because this, this division's pathetic. But it should be a great match. Don't want to let that get in the way of what should be an awesome outing. So I do have... The Broser weights winning here, new tag team champions. Uh, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, one on one, first time ever. This is what I feel like we should have gotten with Kai and Knox, where I feel like either guy could win. Balor has been doing the best work, I would argue, of his entire WWE career as a heel, uh, at least since he was in NXT the first time. The main roster stuff never came close to what he's doing right now. The matches with Cole, the match with Matt Riddle, both fantastic. Um, you know, he had that triple threat in NXT with Lee and Ciampa, great shit. He's had some really good matches over the last couple months, and the character work is a lot better, too. Gargano, they keep refreshing him, which is good because he's been there for so long, and I don't think he's going anywhere. So they're doing a good job with him. He feels more intense. He feels fresh. They're giving him more new opponents to work with when everyone else kind of around him moves up to the main roster or leaves or whatever. Uh, So I'm looking forward to this. I think it should be an awesome match. It's Gargano's first TakeOver back. you got to remember he hasn't won on a TakeOver since last Mania weekend. Balor, I think, could avoid the loss, but he's also coming off a loss to Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. So, this could very well go either way. Before I even give my prediction, RJ, your thoughts on the feud, and who do you think goes over here?
1: Um, I think I think the feud's been really good. I think, like I said, for Gargano especially, he's been there for so long, I'm glad they keep refreshing him and giving him other big opponents to face and just not, like, making him stale and kind of just, like, the same thing. Um... I like the promo they had, like, the back and forth they had last week on NXT. I thought it was really good. I loved how Gargano, like, went after Balor for his main run. I mean, obviously, just not his fault, but, yeah. like, he was
0: like, I don't want the Raw and SmackDown
1: Balor. I'm like, fuck yes. <laughs> like, that's, like, that was,
0: like, goosebumps. Like, 17 like, oh, losses baby. in a row to Bobby Lashley on Raw was amazing. That was a great line.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, that's something like, that's, like, and then, like, Balor, like, getting pissed. Like, that was, like, the intensity. Like, those back, and like, I like when they have those side-by-side interviews and they just, like... They make you invest. Like, they, like, give you, like, you feel like it's, like, a heated robbery. Like, these guys, like, don't like each other. There's clearly, like, bad blood and stuff like that. Um, I would say here what they, I'm not sure, like, is he just just still, like, Balor? Like, is he not going to be the demon? Like, what the, like. Yeah. A, so, like, what I would do here is, like, have Gargano win here, beat Fat, beat fan even though he just lost. And then at WrestleMania, do like, fucking the demon fan versus Gargano. At okay. Take over special. There's like, even if you have like, not even like, like a little, like they have a great match and he wins like a schoolboy, like something that like, Balor says he like fucking, like, not have him beat like so decisively. Like I said, like, Battle looks like he's about to win. He's about to do the coup de gras Does it, moves out of the way, and gets schoolboy, loses. And it's like, oh, like you beat me, but like, it was lucky or some fucking shit like that. Mm. But then at Tampa, do Demon vs. Gargano.
0: Yeah, okay, I could see that. Yeah, I was thinking about where the demon kind of comes into play here cuz we haven't seen the demon at all I think since WrestleMania last year. No, that's a lie. We saw him at Super Showdown he faced fucking Andrade in one of the more forgettable matches of his main roster career. But um no. No, I do agree though. That I think I think Gargano wins here. I think he needs the win more and then Balor can always bounce back. It's still a question of how long Balor's in NXT for. Um, I'm not exactly sure if he's gonna wrap it up by me. Main- I mean, I would keep him there for as long as possible. There's still so many matches for him to have. Um, I know he's faced Chompa before, but if Chompa becomes champion at some point, you could rekindle that rivalry. Um, there's him and Lee if you want to do that over in the North American Championship. There's there's a lot of options. So um, I think Gargano wins here. I agree with you. Before we go any further, I ask you this every single time: people in the crowd. I think it's a pretty good chance that the the people in the crowd this time, if there is anyone, there wasn't anyone at, at War Games. Um, that this time it's probably going to be, if I had to take a guess, Killer Cross and the other guy, Timothy Thatcher, who they just signed. Uh, is that your assumption as well, or do you think we see someone else pop up who may be signing with WWE NXT soon? I'm just going to go
1: with Killer Cross. Maybe The Rock's fucking ugly-ass daughter. Maybe I was just, just oh about to say that, God. dude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She looks like The Rock. Holy Christ.
0: Is that, is, um, is that Mr. Marcel with a wig?
1: It literally looks like me <laughs> with a wig on. Um... Just like Nala Rose, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I think Killer Cross, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to show The Rock's daughter just because I mean, it's The Rock's daughter, so they're try to
0: like, nope, yeah, they're really trying to build it up right now, they're like really pushing that. So, I was gonna say that too, I wouldn't be surprised to see her in the front row. She's only 18, dude. Jesus Christ, that's crazy.
1: What tonight. is she like, uh, Leah? Leah's gonna cry on uh, <laughs> whatever the
0: show was. People were like, yeah, exactly. I was thinking about that, too. Like, aliyah has been there for five years, and they've done shit with her. Like, I know she's The Rock's daughter, but, like, let's not pretend that this isn't a case of nepotism, because what 18-year-old are they signing out of nowhere that has zero training? I mean, come on, dude. I mean, I'm not going to poop on it. Like, she seems like a nice person, but if she's on NXT TV at any point in the next two years, I would be shocked, because... Fucking Dominic Dijakovic was there for two years before they finally put him on TV. Or, God, I don't know, Chelsea Green signed two years ago and they're finally putting her on TV. Like, come on, dude. Like, I know they're making a a big deal about it, which they should, and I'm glad, but at the same time, it's like, come on, man. Yeah,
1: but could they put her on, like, TV and just, like, have her be like... They could put her on TV and just be, like, a job.
0: Maybe, but I feel like they wouldn't do that just because, oh, it's, it's, you know, the Rock's daughter. Because... I, I compare it to Charlotte. I know it's a different time. That was seven years ago. I don't ever remember seeing Charlotte on NXT TV before they finally, you know, brought her in as, like, oh, this is Charlotte, Charlotte Flair, the Ra- Ric Flair's daughter, blah, blah, blah. They didn't really treat her like a joke. Like, I know Tessa Blanchard yeah. is Tully Blanchard's daughter, but I mean, that's a different, I mean, that's not the same thing, you know? Um, yeah. So. I'm I'm am afraid I really am. People, oh Charlotte Simone Johnson WrestleMania main event. Sit your fucking ass down, dude. This isn't 2037. Like, let's calm down here. Maybe in a Kill maybe. It. I mean, <laughs> next. Year, I mean, dude, if that's the WrestleMania main event for next year, I'm canceling my trip to LA. So I'm just gonna say that right now. Um, I mean, you know, listen, best of luck to her. But like, she's she literally turned 18 like five months ago. Like, she has no lick of a training at all. Like let's let's
1: Honestly,
0: stop. They <laughs> let, let's stop pretending that she's the next Rock here, okay?
1: Honestly, Charlotte should just cash in her Royal Rumble winning just to face her at WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> I hope they put the championship on Simone, so it's Simone and Rhea Ripley, and uh, not Ripley, Flair, at WrestleMania. Why not? Battle of the third and fourth generation daughters. Fucking book it. Why not? God, it's a fucking. I'm we get to the main event here, NXT Championship. Adam Colt, Tommaso Ciampa, a few that's been in the works now for a long time. Now, you talk about long-term booking. NXT's done a great job of this. Like, you popped huge when Ciampa came back. That was four months ago, dude. They've done a good job of keeping them at bay. They haven't thrown this away on an episode of NXT. They've kept them apart. Ciampa pinned him a takeover a couple months ago. They had that awesome contract signing where Ciampa was bloody and the belt was bloody, Goldie was bloody. It was a great sight. It was a great segment. Um, this should be good. My again, my my concern is that they blow it off here before WrestleMania weekend, because what else do you do? I feel like a rematch has got to be inevitable, because I don't know what other feud you build up in time for WrestleMania weekend, which is like six, seven weeks away. But I do think all signs point to Ciampa becoming champion at one point, at some point. I think it would be better suited over Mania weekend. And if by that point, if they keep the belt on, Cole past the show then he will be, by April, that first weekend of April, the longest reigning NXT champion of all time. So, selfishly, I would like to see him retain here, keep the feud going. And I think it means more to have Ciampa win it there as opposed to win it here. And then they do a rematch, and then Ciampa wins again. And then maybe they go to the main roster, which, I mean, I know that's inevitable too, but I feel like NXT needs them right now, at least with the tag team division. Anyway, um, I think Adam Cole retains, so what say you, Mr. Marceau?
1: I was just gonna say the exact same thing. I think I think Cole's gonna retain here as well. Like Champa winning would be big, but like the rematch like at WrestleMania weekend wouldn't be as big as if it was Cole and Champa again, but Cole is the champion, defending again. So I'm assuming there'll probably be some kind of shenanigans. Champa loses. Goes after he can just go after undisputed Eric leading into WrestleMania. Clears them all out per se and then just faces Cole one-on-one. Maybe they have some kind of stipulation or something. Um, then he wins there, and like you said, honest to goes the main roster from there. Um, I think that makes more sense. Like, Champa winning would be big as well, like him getting his title back and such. But then I feel like the main-year match at Tampa would not be as big if it was Champa defending against Cole because you know is going to win.
0: Yeah, that that to me feels like an exact repeat of when Bobby Roode beat Nakamura for the belt in January. And then they did a rematch Ugh. over Mania Weekend, which made... I mean, again, it was a good match, but, like, it was the main event of that WrestleMania Weekend show. It was easily the weakest takeover we've ever been to. I, I think that's pretty safe to say. It was easily. A, it was a good that's show. Easily the weakest. Easily the weakest. Good match, but, like, dude, it was no drama. You knew Nakamura was main roster bound. It To me, it makes no sense in retrospect. Why didn't... I don't know. It just I mean, I hope they don't do that, because that was very underwhelming, Um so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. I'm looking forward to the show. Should be great. NXT never ceases to deliver. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's a great weekend because we have XFL coming up on Saturday um, and Sunday. We have TakeOver on Sunday. And also on Sunday... The, the fucking, uh, you know, the, the you know, holy trinity here for Mr. Marceau. We have XFL, NXT, and the Daytona 500 on Sunday afternoon. So, Mr. Marceau, as we close out here, any expectations, final thoughts and NXT, and then predictions for the Daytona 500 on Sunday?
1: Wow, kids pulling off some NASCAR. <laughs> that um, was my surprise bonus question But I think the weekend's going to be fun. I mean, I think it's going to be, like you said, XFL on Saturday, got nascar on sunday with the daytona 500 and then take over at night i think it's gonna be a fun weekend especially for someone like me i I love football i love nascar and i love wrestling so (laughs) it'll be a nice trifecta like you said for me so the daytona 500 i mean it's a race that anyone can win i mean you you watched last year i believe or one of the races similar the daytona last year all the super speedways Mm -hmm. it's basically anyone can win it's even if you're, like, a low-budget team to a high-budget team. It's basically, you avoid the wreck and be in the right place at the right time. Um, I'd probably say the betting on favorites probably Joey Logano. Mm-hmm. He's from Connecticut, by the way. Oh, I, I didn't know
0: that. that. Oh, shit. Um, oh, actually, no. He's from no, Milltown, Connecticut. I did know that because there's, there's a place called Lyman Orchards over here, and they did, like, some sort of fucking, like, like tribute to him a couple years ago, Alexis told me. I completely forgot about it, so thank you for reminding me.
1: Wow. Um, I'd probably say, I think he, I think I looked, I think he is the betting favorite, but I'm, like I said, anyone can win, so I think he, he, he's usually pretty good at those tracks as well, he's pretty aggressive, so someone to put himself in the right position to win, but probably say him, I would say a dark horse, I'd probably say either William Byron or Christopher Bell, would be my dark horses, but mm. I would say the, the odds-on favorites probably Joe Lagano.
0: What about former twenty four seven champion Kyle Busch?
1: Yeah, he's good as well, but he always seems to wreck out of those. He always doesn't usually make it to the end. I think he's obviously a favorite, one of the favorites. He's a defending champion.
0: Oh, of, from last
1: uh, year of the Cup Series. Yeah, he won the the what the fuck Monster Energy Cup Series last year. They are oh. the title sponsor this year, hmm. um, but he's the reigning champion of the uh, of the Cup Series. So. I mean, he's always there. So, but he usually, always crashes out in the speedway races. So, even though he's probably a high betting odds, I feel like he always gets himself in a wreck somewhere. So, I, I would like I said, I, stick to the three guys you're betting if you're gonna bet.
0: I think Alexis's mom's cousin is supposed to be in it, which is why they're watching it. Ryan Priest, I want to say. I think that that's yes. who, that's who I texted you. Is he gonna be in there on Sunday as well, or am I just mistaken?
1: No, he races, yeah. He'll be, he races the 37 car, I believe. Okay. And he'll be in the race, yeah.
0: Perfect. Well, I'll be watching, I'll be watching. Don't
1: put your money on him.
0: (laughs) Trust me, I'm not. I'm probably going to go with the save pick and go with Mr. Marceau. Hey, all we needed this weekend was a UFC pay-per-view, and you would have been set. This would have been the greatest weekend of all time for you.
1: Mm. And, and UFC would put me over the scale, I'd be s i would be would be so tired.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. With their pay per views being at midnight, you would be exhausted by the next day. You gotta save you gotta save yep. the energy for the wedding. We got another year and a half to go. A year ago about uh, what, eleven uh, thirteen months or so at this point. Yeah,
1: the wedding's March 26, twenty
0: twenty one. but in the interim, all sights set on Summerslam weekend in Boston question mark.
1: Yeah, that's my plan. I mean I'm still around like Still working in Boston and such, so that's my plan now. Rip up a weekend with GSM and Alexis is my plan at this point.
0: (laughs) Very exciting. Hopefully we can't attend the Dynamite show in Boston. We're both down. Alexis has to work out. That would be really fun,
1: too, if you guys can
0: make it. Yeah, I I loved the first, and we had a great time going to Dynamite, the second ever episode, in fact, in Boston at the... What is it, Aguinas? What you
1: Arena at Boston University, yeah. Okay.
0: That's what I thought. Um, that should be great as well. We're going to be seeing Mr. Marceau every four months or so between April, August. We'll be there for the wedding next year. A lot of Mr. Marceau to come in the uh, in the coming months, if not the next year. But Mr. Marceau, thanks as always. I intended on this being a fucking half an hour phone call. And per usual, we went well over time and we're at the hour long mark here. So Mr. Marceau, I'll talk to you soon. Have fun with the wedding planning and I'll catch your ass down the road. Sounds good to you, and thank you guys for listening to WrestleRant Radio. As always, very much appreciate your support of the show. I'll be back right here on WrestleRant Radio next week with all my thoughts on the world of wrestling and my in-depth analysis of NXT TakeOver Portland. So until then, guys, be sure to check out all the other episodes of WrestleRant Radio and all your favorite podcast streaming platforms, including but not limited to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, we're on Google Play. Also on nextairwrestling.net, full episodes are available. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, review the show, all that stuff is greatly appreciated. And find me on the socials as well, on Twitter at WrestleRant, on Facebook at facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews, and also on YouTube at youtube.com backslash c backslash Graham G.S. Matthews. Until next week guys enjoy your Valentine's Day on Friday I'm Graham G.S. Matthews and I'll catch your ass down the road.